It takes more than great code to be a great engineer. This is episode 47 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I am your host and human for loop, Jameson Dance. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to episode 47 with the human for loop. Yep. <laughs> and some guy named Dave. <laughs> We want to first open up and talk about our sponsor. Soft Skills Engineering will make you smarter. It'll also get you a job. Our sponsor is this company called Algolia. They make a hosted search platform. Uh, it gets used by sites like Hacker News, Twitch TV, a bunch of open source documentation sites use it too. Yes, and Algolia is hiring solutions engineers in San Francisco and Paris, France. So they sponsored us to get the word out. The solutions engineer will work with their customers to do things like build SDKs and solve cool problems using their search service. One of the things that impressed me as we were talking to Algolia was their culture. They seem to take it really seriously to make sure that they have a good environment where people can do great work and be creative. Mm -hmm. They're also looking for a specific kind of engineer. They want people who are um, pretty self-motivated and comfortable deciding on direction on their own because you have a lot of latitude to solve problems in the way you choose. Dave, can you tell us about their interview process? Yes, if you're interested, go check out algolia.com, A-L-G-O-L-I-A.com, slash soft skills engineering. There's a phone screen and an at-home assignment that you'll publish on GitHub, which is pretty cool. After that, they will fly you out to their office for an in-person interview, and then you will take it from there. So thank you to Algolia for sponsoring us and check them out if that sounds like an interesting thing for you. Yeah. So Jameson. Yes. A few episodes ago, we talked about interviews and uh -huh. crazy, funny interview experiences. Some crazy, some funny. Yeah. And I think we have someone who wrote in an interesting story this week. Yeah. This one I would call crazy and not funny. Just, just intense. A couple of episodes back, you asked for bad interview stories, so here's one. After I finished with my first interviewer, the interviewer said, wow, you did really well for someone with so little experience, and he went to get the next person. Instead, the hiring manager came back and told me they'd made a terrible mistake and that they didn't realize I had so little experience. They were looking for someone with much more experience, he said. I thought it was pretty obvious from my resume exactly how much experience I had. Zero, because I'm a boot camp grad. And I'd already done two phone screens, one with this exact person. <laughs> I was pretty confused. Anyways, he said there was no need to continue and they were very sorry and he sent me home. Later, it occurred to me that it might have been because I was eight months pregnant. I hadn't mentioned it before the interview. I spent a lot of time looking for advice and it seemed the best thing to do is bring up the elephant in the room first thing when arriving at the in-person interview. I'll never know, but it's a possibility. Oh, uh, yeah. You'll never know. Yeah. I mean, you'll never know because that is a protected group and you yes. cannot legally not hire someone because they are pregnant, but you can legally say, oh shoot, we thought you had more experience than the amount of experience yes. you told us you that you had. You can pretend like Sorry. you don't know how much experience they had until yeah. after you spoke with them on the phone and in person. We meant experience <laughs> with being not pregnant. <laughs> oh, ouch. Yeah. That, yep. that is a crazy story, and I'm sorry that happened to you. Yes. All right. Uh, let's see. I think we might have some questions to answer today. Okay, this question comes from a listener named Jack. Jack writes, How soon into a new job is it appropriate or helpful to communicate issues that you're having? 
Even though they claimed at my company that there was an open forum for issues, it was met with exasperation the first time I tried. I'm looking for a rule of thumb on this. It's a good question. So I'm I'm assuming it means by issues you mean I noticed something weird that I think could be better or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's how I that's how I took it too. Yeah. What do you think? I think you should bury your feelings deep inside a place that they will <laughs> never ever come to the surface. Yeah. And get back on the truck. Just tamp it down. <laughs> huh. Well, question answered. <laughs> Okay, you you dare one of your coworkers to do it instead, who has more experience. Like, hey, you've been here for a year. Go tell the boss that <laughs> I don't like the color of the refrigerator in the kitchen. <laughs> okay, two very healthy ways of dealing with this. <laughs> I so I worked with an awesome person named BJ. Uh, he came in to as a new employee to a place I'd been working for a while. And he came in as kind of like a team lead. And one of the first things he said was, I am not going to change anything for like two or three months. I just want to come in and see how you work and see what's going on and see what's there. Because it's so easy to just come in and say, like, all this stuff is different from how I like it. And, and then that comes out of your mouth as like all this stuff is broken and wrong and bad. Mm, yeah. So he explicitly set a time limit of like, I won't suggest big sweeping changes yeah. until hmm. I've been there long enough to feel like I have a handle on it. That's a really wise thing. You know, I, I just changed jobs about, uh, let's see, I guess over four months ago now. And I told myself that same thing. I said, look, I'm just going to learn. I'm going to observe. And if something is bad, It'll have to be really bad before I bring it up because I just want to see, I want to watch, you know, and just take it in and kind of detach a little bit. Don't get like super invested in it, but just watch it and then see what you can learn from it. And then after a few months, you might have a lot more context. This is hard for me to do. I feel like I consistently at pretty much every place I've ever worked have come in and been like, all this stuff needs to change. And it's gotten better (laughs) over time, but... But I still feel like I I will tear stuff out without understanding why it's there. So like, have the kinds of things changed over the years that you've latched onto? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I'm a lot more understanding of like some human being was going through this intense pressure when they did this thing that is now hard to maintain, or like mm-hmm. this bad thing happened in the past which caused them to adopt this meeting process. I'm, I'm a lot better at empathizing with. Mm-hmm the existing culture or way things are being done. And I think I'm actually more pragmatic about like I I used to I still remember <laughs> at at an early job I worked, I spent like 2 weeks uh fixing all these JavaScript formatting issues. <laughs> and I don't think there was a linter on the project or anything. It was just like one person on the team used tabs and then the other people used spaces. <laughs> so there were like tabs mixed in with all our files. And you were like, like I shall, I shall set this right. Yeah. I was like, this cannot be. Let me open a long running branch and have oh, weeks of merge oh, conflicts. You did it on a branch. <laughs> yeah, I did. I sure did. Oh. Yeah. This was before uh, linters and especially before linters that could fix those things for you automatically. Yeah. yeah. But the practical effect of that was 
that I wasted two weeks doing nothing. (laughs) And then like the person still had their editor set to use tabs. So it kept more tabs (laughs) kept getting put into the code base. So I would never do something like that. Now I would focus on things that actually mattered, but man, it used to be, I used to be bad at this. (laughs) So I would say if you're going to go sit down with your boss and openly talk about some of the issues with the company before you sit down, try to put yourself in their shoes and anticipate how they might respond to your concerns. And in my experience, being on the other side of that table, like my immediate human reaction will be to deflect any issues, right? Like the knee jerk will just say, no, 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 that's not a problem, man. You're, you're new. You don't know. Right. So try to anticipate that. And then, um, the next reaction I think will be, well, why, why do you think that's a problem? You know, and, be prepared to talk through exactly why it is and be prepared to answer those questions before you sit down. And maybe that'll even change the way you bring it up in the first place. Yeah. The, the, I think the classic example I'm thinking of is someone comes to a new job. Whoa, surprise. The code is confusing and complicated and messy. Um, kind of like it is everywhere on earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they think, you know, it's all this, a rewrite. We need to rewrite everything in this new language or framework or technology. Uh, and then they start like crusading to rewrite stuff. That's <laughs> that's like a classic yeah. jump in, want to change everything move yeah. that that's the least you'll ever know about the existing system. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, there's just all kinds of reasons why I think it's often bad to jump in and suggest rewrites. What about things like interpersonal conflict or struggles with your coworkers? Yeah. So what if you come in and someone's mean to you and you're like, you know what this team really needs? Not that person. <laughs> and then you start a campaign to get them fired. <laughs> but again, you have like no credibility. You're the new person on the team. <laughs> yeah, this this is where, okay, I've, I'm, I'm surprising myself here, but this is where a mentor can help, I think. Hmm. And I have actually been participating in a mentor program for the first time in my career. Uh, where I actually have someone that I can ask questions as like the this. mentor or the mentee. Yes, I am, I am doing both, and um, the mentoree. Yeah, and it's been interesting combo. to have someone who's not on my team, not even not my boss, and not uh, anywhere in my reporting hierarchy that I can ask questions of and bounce ideas off of, without the you know, big repercussions of like, well, my boss who I have to work for for the rest of my time at this company. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a disinterested or not disinterested. It's an objective a, a third like party, a, yeah, a neutral, biased, a slightly less neutral biased. observer. So, so when you say I want to rewrite everything, they, they can, can be, be like, like, Whoa, cowboy, listen, <laughs> sit down for a second and let me draw you our architecture on this five mile square whiteboard (laughs) here's what you will have to replicate yeah i like that a lot and if you don't have that you can hopefully you have a trusted friend that you can talk to who can hopefully understand and help you work get yourself some yes men (laughs) yeah rewrite that get that guy fired switch from scrum to xp (laughs) then you'll go faster So one counterpoint to this is something I heard Julia Evans say, which is that when you start a new job, you have the superpower that you are not used to how things work there yet. Yeah. And 
usually that means you come in and say like what the crap a lot when you see stuff <laughs> that mm -hmm. is weird but everyone that's been there for a long time is used to it so they don't notice that it's confusing like this happens all the time i think with the process for getting a project up and running on your machine like people do it once and then it's done so they don't care that it takes like five days to get everything installed they're just mm -hmm. weird things that people get used to mm -hmm. so if you take this approach where you wait until you understand things a little more i think you also need to make sure you keep in mind those what, what stood out to you when it was all brand new as weird yeah and it's so easy to lose you lose sight of that yeah, early perspective. Yeah, like, of course we migrate the database by, like, copying and pasting this text file around and then <laughs> manually entering in a bunch of SQL <laughs> commands. Like, how else? <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. How else would you do it? And <laughs> and one other thing is, I think the more experience you have to compare stuff to, the more credibility you will have. Like, if it's your first job and you come in and you're like, that's not how we did it in my software engineering mm -hmm. class. Then <laughs> like surprise, surprise, <laughs> that's because nothing works how it works in your software engineering class. <laughs> but if you worked at a bunch of places or on a bunch of projects, then you have a bit, uh, yeah, then you have a better understanding of what the range of normalcy is so, and what is far outside of normal. Just a side question. What voice were you impersonating there? Because I loved it. Uh, I think that was old school Mickey Mouse CS grad. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. Steam, Steamboat Willie, fresh out of yeah, Steamboat Willie who went College. to <laughs> Carnegie Mellon for CS. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, because because everywhere will have weird things, and everywhere will do things slightly differently because mm -hmm. everyone is building different products and has different constraints. But if you've worked several jobs, you know it's like okay, it's bad that your manager yells at you a lot or yeah. it's weird that you don't use version control at all or it's weird that you deploy stuff with FTP or I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You just get like the range of what acceptable is. And there's there's probably a, a huge caveat here where, you know, if there's some shady stuff going on or illegal stuff, then yeah, you should raise that issue right away even if you're the new engineer on the team. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I want to talk about is mindset. Because I think when you approach these situations, you can sometimes come across as just complaining. And I think people respond pretty badly to that if you just mm. say, well, this is bad, but you don't really have a solution or any kind of recommendation. It can come across pretty bad. Have you ever yeah. had that happen, Jameson? Yeah, I've been on both sides of that. I've done that and I've had people yeah. do it to I, me too. I've done, I've done that too and... It's like very natural to just say, hey, boss, here's a problem. You should solve it. <laughs> um, yeah. You know where it goes? It goes right to the bottom of the list. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, I will get to that when I have solved all of the other problems. Sometimes as engineers, we forget that we were hired to solve hard problems that other people aren't solving. And sometimes those problems are not uh, tabs versus spaces. Sometimes those problems are like, people and organizational and process problems that are hard to solve. Yeah. And you might be the person to come and solve this problem for the team. Um, but you're going to have to put on your problem solving hat and take off your complaining hat to do that. Yeah. Most, most of them, I think if they were easy, they would have been solved already. There might be some problems that it's just like some 
trick of new perspective will reveal a, a simple solution. Yeah, but yeah, 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 most of them probably won't. So rule of thumb to answer the last question, I would say is that it takes at most companies I've been at, um, the bigger the company, the longer it takes to reach a point where you can, you know, reliably identify and propose solutions to the problems. Um, with an upper, probably a lower bound of several weeks at a small company and uh, upper bound of a few months, maybe three to six months if it's a big company. That's roughly where I would put the rule of thumb. How about you? Yeah, that makes sense to me. And if you propose a new solution, I would also try to elicit feedback from the people you're proposing it to and just ask them like, hey, am I coming across as complaining? Am I, you know, does this seem like a valid idea? How does it, how, you know, how does this seem to you? And if you get good, good positive feedback, then go for it. Push it. But yeah. if people are like, eh, I don't know, you might want to go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Before you, before you take that to the CEO. <laughs> also, often these problems, um, solving the problem involves like messing up someone's cushy arrangement they have mm -hmm. for themselves like mm -hmm. if someone built the deployment system by hand and maintains it and you're like this deployment system's garbage and it'd be way easier if it was like this Th that person is probably not going to be a huge fan <laughs> of of your solution so even the technical problems will have people components to them yes because you're up you're you're upsetting some established order because it turns out there's actually no such thing as a problem that doesn't involve people that's true. That's why soft skills are the best skills, because they can help you with all problems. All the problems. Okay, have we answered this question? Oh, question answered. All right. I will read the next question. This is from a listener named Antonin. What do you do when your personal life starts to take a toll on your work life? And in the same vein, what do you do when you see colleagues or even subordinates being in that situation and the effect it has on the team? Oop, don't forget the last part. Oh, yeah. Thanks. I love the podcast. Sideways, smiley face, emoticon. <laughs> we love you too, Anthony. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. What do you do? Well, I would say if your personal life is starting to take a toll on your work life, this would be a great opportunity to conduct an experiment to see how long you can not show up for work before someone notices. <laughs> Sounds like something in office space. Actually, I did this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was in college, so it wasn't at a, at a job. But uh, yeah, I definitely didn't go to school for a month. Um, and I didn't die, but man, it sure messed up a lot of things for me. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you doing instead? Uh, yeah, it's a, it was a pretty low point in my life. Actually, it was, I, I was like crushed under the weight of lots of classes and work stuff. And I was working in a, in a lab doing some like scientific programming. I basically thought I had a solution to this problem that my professor proposed. I solve, went in and talked to him about it. And he very nicely told me that I was like so far off of a solution and it was going to be so much harder and that was just like the straw that broke the camel's back and i went said okay i'll go work on that and i went home and i pulled up my xbox 360 and i started playing battlefield bad company 2 and i didn't stop until the calendar was on the next month <laughs> that's a good time and to I, stop <laughs> i do not recommend that you do that but if you do it, college is probably the best place to do yes, it. Better, yes. better than doing it 
in your job. <laughs> I guess it depends on if you're in the last month of your medical program. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was not. <laughs> but my GPA went down a lot. <laughs> oh, so you have data. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hard data. Yeah. First, it started with the three, and then it started with the two. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> do the opposite of that. So, I have helped a few people in this kind of a situation, and I think Jameson and I were both talking, and I don't think I've been in this situation very much. I've been really lucky, really fortunate. But I will say that um, having been on the other side of the table from people who are having real struggles in their personal life and they need some extra consideration at work, the best thing you can do, um, you know, aside from just resolving the personal problems, is to communicate. Oh, there's a bully taking your lunch money? <laughs> Let me take care of him. <laughs> yeah, why not just solve the problem? Then? <laughs> yeah, it seems easy enough. Go right to the root. So the, the best thing you can do aside from that is communicating really clearly and openly uh, at least in my experience. Now, there may be companies that will respond in really awful ways to that, <laughs> so I don't know. But in my experience, I appreciated people telling me, hey, we're gonna, I'm going to need some leeway here or I'm having these problems. What can we do? And we came up with arrangements for them so that they could continue to be you know, as productive as they could be given the circumstances. But if they just stopped showing up, that would have been really bad. Yeah. Yeah, actually, when you said you wanted to talk about this question, I was like, I don't know anything about this. And the more I'm thinking about it, the more I remember little things like, so I failed almost all my classes that semester because mm -hmm. that's what happens when you miss uh, a month's worth of assignments and exams <laughs> and all that stuff. But one of them, I went and talked to the professor and I had a good relationship with them before. And then afterwards, we went and had a discussion and he was like, huh, it sounds like you were going through some depression and that's bad and you should get some help. And also, uh, I'll give you an incomplete and then you can like make it up because it sounds like some like extenuating circumstances. Mm -hmm. So with him, I communicated a little more openly than I did with other people and it, and it worked out better. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Could definitely backfire, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. There were other professors I didn't communicate with because I didn't. I don't know. Why? Because you didn't trust them? Didn't want it to backfire. Yeah. I mean, some of them, it was just like this giant class. They didn't know who I was, oh, but yeah. that doesn't that doesn't apply here. Another thing you can do is if your schedule is going to be affected by this is to make sure your team is always clear on when you will and won't be in the office. And, w and if you work from home, it's when you will be online and when you won't be. Um, what I found is that people are generally really forgiving if they know you're not going to be online. But if they expect you to be online and you're just not, then that's when people get frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you have some arrangement where you're going to try and work the same amount of hours, but it'll be at weird times. Yeah. If people don't explicitly know that, they'll just assume you're like off goofing off. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And sometimes this can feel embarrassing, right? Where you want to tell your team how you're going to be working and how it might be a little different than usual. Um, and you feel a little bit maybe ashamed that you're not pulling your weight. But I, I assure you that uh, having clear expectations um, that your team can know where you are is a lot better than having your team wondering where you are, even if you're not working the hours that you wished you could. Yeah. 
the embarrassment can turn into shame and then the shame can feed itself and shame then can turn turn into what was that game <laughs> battlefield bad company too yes. by the way such a good game <laughs> it's a great game uh i think I, I think i've seen that in like a psychology test textbook where it was like embarrassment to shame shame leads to bad what is it Bang, bad company too <laughs> battlefield bad company too yeah which leads to more embarrassment yeah but it 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 builds upon itself and it feels like it's harder to dig your way out. So yes, yes. You're like, well, I've gone two weeks now without really yeah, feeling I, my I, weight. I, now I can't what? show my face or I can't admit it. Cause they'll be like, what the crap were you doing for two weeks? And then suddenly it's three weeks. Another good reason to have a mentor that you can trust that you can talk to about these things or a friend or a trusted colleague. Yeah. And I mean, depending on what the issue is like professional help could help too. Yeah, absolutely. If it's mental health issues, there are people that can help you work through that. And just in case this wasn't crystal clear, this podcast does not count as professional help. Oh, no. <laughs> Unless you want help increasing your KDA in Battlefield Bad Company <laughs> 2. In the which case, I've got some tips. <laughs> so one other thing you can do is you can try to make it up to your team in other ways. By taking on crappy tasks that no one wants like, to do. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, make them cookies or... <laughs> that can never hurt. But may maybe you could volunteer to convert the code base from tabs to spaces. Yeah, <laughs> as an example. <laughs> <laughs> Dear team, I hope these cookies make up for the fact that I didn't show up for a month and you all had to pick up my slack. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, they do. That worked. <laughs> these are pretty good cookies. <laughs> openness honesty i i think those are the key here as they are in most things but especially in these really sensitive situations every time we give an answer like this like be open and honest the back of my mind tingles as i recall conversations with the coworkers who have worked at really dysfunctional companies where mm. where open and honest is like a punishable offense yeah, <laughs> and I think it just reveals. Like, thank you for telling me all your weaknesses. Now I know where to shiv you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Huh. And I think this yet again reveals just how charmed of a life Jameson and I have led. Yeah, that's true. One one more thing I want to ask about: Say you're a manager and s someone has approached you with an issue like this. What do you do? Do you just tell the team like, "Hey, Dave isn't going to be around for a little bit. He's working through some stuff." Do you say like? Mm -hmm. Dave's dog killed his cat and he's just distraught. Do you give all the details? <laughs> how do you No. How do you communicate it to the team if someone has come to you privately with an issue? Well, first of all, I would actually ask the team member to communicate it to the team and mm. and uh, not speak for them, but let them share the level of detail that they're comfortable sharing. Sure. And I'll, I'll I'll maybe coach them with like what level that should be. Um Yeah. But I don't think it's good for the manager to just walk into the team and say, hey, I know you're in the middle of stand-up, but I just wanted to tell you that Bob's, you know, going through some personal stuff and he's not going to be around as much for the next few months. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would rather have Bob just no blockers. say that. Yeah. <laughs> and I have no blockers. <laughs> Bob has some in his arteries, though. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I would I would try to keep the communication between the person and the team because that this is not a one-time communication. You're going to have to reiterate this. You know, 
maybe you have a weekly thing where you have to tell them every week, here's going to be my schedule this week. It's going to be weird. And here it is. Sure. I would also sit down with them and say, let's figure out exactly what your work is going to be like. And, you know, let's get a plan together for how you're going to recover from this. You know, like, yeah. is, is this going to cost you your job in the long run? Or are you going to be able to work back to full productivity? You know, and, hmm. and maybe we could arrange for something where you go to part time and maybe we reduce your hours and you take a maybe some time without pay or some leave or dis- short term disability. Or I mean, you have so many options that you can use here. You should be as a manager. You should try to figure it out. Maybe consult with your HR department. Sure. Turns out they're actually really experienced with this stuff in most cases. Yeah. Like surprisingly experienced <laughs> when I've talked to them. They'd be like, oh, yeah, we've dealt with 17 of those cases this year. (laughs) Huh. So when you say that, that's what gets me tingling with like the, boy, I hope your HR department isn't one of those ones whose only job is to get people fired and not get the company sued. Good point. Good point. But don't work for places like that. Again, I've only worked with really good HR people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, have we answered this question? Uh, Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) but we're done anyways (laughs) question stopped responding to (laughs) question timed out (laughs) yep dave where can people go if they want to hear more from us go visit us on our world wide web internet page softskills.audio and at that website you can submit your own questions with as much or as little detail and as much or as little anonymity as you prefer Mm mm-hmm and you can also play past episodes. You can subscribe there and you can share it with your friends. And you can write comments on the bottom of each episode to continue the discussion. This is this would be a good place for you to point out where we missed an obvious answer. Also, if you enjoy the show, please share it with people. We are, um, I would say we're decent at podcasting. We're pretty good at computering stuff. Boy, are we bad <laughs> at marketing. <laughs> Every week we get together and we're like, what can we do to get more listeners? I don't know. And then we just record a show. But you can help us get more listeners by sharing with people. If you tweet about it, if you send people links to it, uh, the facial tattoo is an extreme option, but <laughs> definitely an option if you're in- uh, interested in really supporting us. And and we would love that. We'd love to get more questions from people and, and share this with more people. Yeah, thanks. That would be great. And also, thank you to Algolia again for sponsoring. Yes. Go check out algolia.com slash soft skills engineering if you'd like to read about the job opportunities there. Mm -hmm. And with that, we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.